But it is with a heavy heart that we say that the World Cup is over and this is going to be our last Balls and Vodka show. Um, we have a new champion, France, yeah, two-time champion. That's uh, not a new champion. They've done it before. Well, the second okay, time. We have a new, compared, to, uh, compared to what we had four years ago, we have a, a new, new champion. A new champion would have been Croatia. <laughs> uh, so before we get into all that, let's go ahead and introduce the guys. This is David Arona. Hey. And this is Bobby Lepe. Hey, what's up? And I'm your host, Louis Barone. Uh, we got a very interesting final, a final that I'm pretty sure nobody on this planet could have predicted. Um, France versus Croatia. Now, France was uh, a favorite to be there. Uh, I, I predicted that they would have won the whole thing. I, I figured that they would have gone to the final as well. Croatia, though, a little different story. Um, to begin the tournament, they were at 30-1 to 1 to win the World Cup. Um, if you're looking at uh, some of the other favorites, I mean, you're talking 3-1, to 4-1, to 5-1. to one. Um, I think even like a, a dark horse would be maybe like 9 or 10-1. to 1. But 30-1, to 1, you're pretty much saying, yeah, they, they have a very, very slim to none chance that they were going to make it uh, all the way through. And Croatia came up just short, treating us to... Probably the best Cinderella run ever in World Cup history. I don't think there's ever been a team that's made it to the final that probably, uh, quote-unquote, should not have been there based on uh, you know how, how strong the team was and uh, as far as who would have been the favorites to, to advance to the round. But there we are, Croatia coming out of one of the group of deaths, uh, including beating uh, Argentina 3-0 coming out completely unscathed in the group stages and then thanks to a couple uh, upsets and um, disappointments uh, to many of the big teams um, avoided uh, any real um, tough opponent until maybe the semifinals when you had England and you can even make a case for that that it wasn't uh, as a tough an uh, opponent as you probably would have gotten should uh Spain not fire their coach or Germany do what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, but no matter, Croatia treated us uh, with one hell of a show. Guys, what else can we say about this uh, this Croatian team that totally uh, captured the world's imagination this summer? Um, I mean, Croatia, amazing. Um, I think one of the most amazing things for me is that basically every single game they had had to go into extra time and then maybe penalty kicks. Not every game, but the majority of their games. So these, this is a team that was actually truly, truly stretched in um, in time and energy and, and everything. But these guys, I mean, they're, they're, they're a strong-ass team. And 
if you were paying attention, you wouldn't come out of this saying, oh, Modric is the only person in Croatia. It's, that's not the truth. That's not how it goes. We got Mandzuk, Mandzukic, who was fantastic. You had, uh, um, I'm going to say this wrong, Perisic. Um, Perisic? Perisic? Oh, uh, Perisic, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. He, w- he was, he was, he was, uh, he, he was a... He was playing really well in this last uh, World Cup final and also in the uh, game against England. I just feel it was it was um, it was unfortunate for Croatia. I the, the first two goals uh, that France got up on top of them uh, were Croatians' mistakes. I mean, it was an own goal and then a, a foul in the box, allowing them to have a penalty kick. If those two mistakes were not made, I don't know if that first half would have ended that same way, and we, the second half may have been different. But because they made those two mistakes and they were already down two, um, they had to open up. They had to do what they had to do. And France, there's no way you're going to do that with France. They're going to completely pounce on you. And, and they, they they know how to do it um, uh, quickly and efficiently. Um, it, I, I told David, I know he tweeted this out, but in the first half, I was like, what is this, a condensed game of the entire World Cup? That game For real. had so much going on in the first half. I'm like, wow. Relax. You know the funny. You know the funny thing is, is that um, I tweeted that because you said it, and I said, mm. you know what? That actually. I thought David true. tweeted it. I thought because usually no, no. when I tweet something out, David tweets what I say for, for me or whatever. Oh no no! I, I was I'm, I was uh, I, I took over the the, the tweeting uh, responsibilities for that game, okay, and okay. Uh, when when you said that, I tweeted it out because I I said to myself, you know what? That's actually very on. very true. <laughs> and uh, after I tweeted that, I saw about twenty tweets. As, said the exact same thing mm-hmm. uh saying that the the game uh, up to that point was basically just a uh a, a brief summary of what we have had witnessed the entire summer in russia um and that's a good thing by the way um however i mean I, one of the ironic things that i found in, in that croatia game is that croatia for a good majority of the game um the entire first half I believe, and maybe coming out into the second half, um, I thought Croatia really stuck it to France. They, they held yeah, possession. It was and their mistake. And they were pushing forward. Um, the ironic part about that is, is that I think up until France decided to show up in the second half, um, this was Croatia's best game of the tournament. And it's the one game that they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the other games uh, against, uh, in the knockout rounds, including uh, uh, Russia and Denmark, um, England uh, again. They, they turned it up late, um, and then even in the group stages, I, I wasn't that impressed in their opening match against uh, against Nigeria. I just think they. Uh, I mean, as you as you saw Croatia progress in the tournament, you saw that this was their style of play. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to counter, and they were extremely effective um, with that strategy. And uh, they did the same thing to Argentina, let them have all the possession in the world, and then just uh, attacked with uh, with lethal accuracy to, to absolutely dismantle Argentina. Um, and I thought that as you got into the knockout rounds, uh, going up against, say, Denmark and even Russia, uh, two teams that I fe- felt were um, inferior to Croatia, um, Croatia would run over them and, you know, take the, the victory uh, easily, and that wasn't the case. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we that had... wasn't the case in the whole World Cup in general, to be honest. 
It wasn't just it wasn't just the 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 Croatia the opponents of Croatia because it, Croatia ended up tra- uh, changing their level of play going into the into the quarterfinals and then the semifinals because I mean if you look at the England versus uh, England versus Croatia game I mean that was very different they were a lot more attack minded they had twenty two shots over England's eleven. Um, well, the, but most of the most of that happened in the second half. Uh, I think after they adjusted and and they decided to to. to uh, to attack and not sit back. I mean, obviously, um, after that, England was put on their heels and they really couldn't re- recover. It was just a matter of time uh, before Croatia was um, able to drop that goal in and um, you know avoid penalty kicks. And um, and I saw it happening. I'm like, well, Croatia is a lot closer to getting the goal than England was. And if England is going to get a set piece and oh, yeah, win it that way, it's, it, the, it's going that, to be completely game, unjust. Yeah, in that game in general, England really didn't have much uh, to give. Yeah, in it was that entire game. It, it was strange because it was strange because it seemed even though Croatia had played uh, extra time in the, in the game before England, well, I guess England had too. They went to penalty kicks in that in the game before uh, in the game before that Croatia game, right? Uh, no, uh, actually, no, no. England, no. England went to penalty about kicks. The, that's England and Colombia. In around the 16 against Colombia. Oh, and, you're right. Okay. And Croatia actually had to go to extra time every single one of their knockout yep. games. Right. They played. Uh, they first, played an entire game more yeah. than, than France did when they, they got there. But then pretty much everyone else. <laughs> 90, they played an extra 90 minutes of soccer uh, in a week time. That that's a lot. Uh, yeah. So they into, played. They played eight games where everybody else played seven. Right. Pretty much. Could, yeah, yeah, you could call pretty it Pretty much. Um, but what I was going to say regarding the, the, the England game is that England looked like they were at gas after uh, after that first half. And and, um, and it was Croatia that uh, looked to be more on the front foot. And, and in, the, uh, in the final, it took France about, what, like 60 minutes for them to, like, really generate something um, – positive in terms of the offense being in a control, lot of the time they're just yeah yeah, yeah being, that's, like, when really pa- being that's, when, that's when Pogba got that goal that really beautiful goal um that I think that was against the run of play too but then from there on they just they, they were because it was it was yeah. it was already three zero and then three, then Croatia no, three, made, one. three one and then Croatia three, made one. that 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 goal from the keeper no four one it was four one before Croatia no no uh, Pogba was the third a, goal uh, Pogba was the third goal. Yes. Mbappe was the fourth for and, France, so it was 3-1. Yes, 4-1, because it was 2-1. At the time, I'm saying it was 3-1, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Okay, so what 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 I'm talking about is the point where I felt like France took over. That was when – that was at the point where it was 3-1 France. But then, uh, but then France scored the fourth goal before Croatia got their second goal. Yes, mm-hmm. and that was on a mistake – uh, from the goalkeeper who right. uh, <laughs> who just got a little bit too confident there, and, and that was uh, and that was uh, Mandzukic sort of making up for his, his his own goal in the right. France first game goal. Right, that, that, so that's one way of, of a, looking at it. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and was, then of course, and that was in the sixth. Mm-hmm. Go on. It, I, I, I was just gonna say it would have been interesting because um, obviously France just. Uh, just kind of uh, held back after that. And said, well, yeah, and it was defend. and it was the it was the 69th minute, so there was still time if they were able to grab something, but they weren't. Croatia wasn't able. It, to it was going to be hard, and France and France at that point sort of went into a, you know, they they they, they became a little bit more measured, but they took control of the game. You know, they 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 killed it off for sure. Right. I, I think Croatia was pretty close to a third, and if that would have happened, it would have been interesting because obviously. I mean, g- going into the match, you got to figure that all the pressure is on France. They're the favorite. 
Croatia was not supposed to be there. I mean, if you had um, if you had another uh, one of the traditional powers in there, uh, a team that maybe should have been in there, like say Germany, then maybe the uh, the pressure is equal. Uh, you know, uh, both of these countries are expected to do very very well. Croatia wasn't expected to do this well, no matter what happened in that final. Uh, they were going to return to their country as heroes. So all the pressure is on France, and uh, Croatia certainly played like it. And, and to a certain degree, so did France. Um, but had Croatia scored that third goal, I mean, France is probably really, really scared. Um, probably in their heads, like, can we blow this? Does Croatia have one last comeback in them? Because they were down in every single one of their knockout games. And, uh, you know, after the uh, the, the blunder of... Uh, of Loris uh, to, to to give Croatia just you know that glimmer of hope, it would have played a lot in his mind um, yeah. to you know what don't allow that last goal. So it would have been interesting if they got one more goal, even with say seven minutes left. Um, I, I think Croatia would have been uh, uh, had enough momentum to uh, to certainly push for uh, for a fourth. And uh, I think this World Cup deserved uh, an extra thirty minutes uh, of soccer. There's it's something. It's a tournament that we obviously did not want to end, um, but uh, I, I, alas, that didn't happen, and France come, comes out victorious, 4-2, well uh, and well as deserved. we said, it's, it's extremely deserved. It's an extremely talented French team, uh, a very young French team. If you're looking at the future, uh, they still have what, I mean, they still have a shot for a, for a repeat. We're, we're totally oh, yeah. getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. But you're looking at France as one of the heavy favorites um, going into 2022 should they qualify. And, you know, um, obviously that, that's not a, a given anymore. And that rule was changed a couple uh, a couple of tournaments back where the uh, defending champion will no longer have an automatic spot. But um, you got to figure that France will be there. You got to figure that they're going to be contenders. And if they can avoid the curse of uh, the defending champion, uh, we all know about that uh, germany has uh, felt it so it certainly is real um and Same if they too. can avo- and if they can avoid winning the confederations cup they should be okay in uh, <laughs> 2022 because the winner of the confederations cup does very poorly the, the following year but um, dude all the all bets are off because this this next world cup is going to be in the winter so who knows what kind of wacky backwards thing are, is going to happen in this world cup yeah and, and i actually want to make a uh, well, this we'll may talk be about iceland's that. revenge <laughs> it very well could be. Very well could be. Um, I, I, we, we will get into 2022 uh, toward the end of the show, and I do want to make a comment uh, regarding uh, this World Cup and the, the, the following World Cup. Um, so obviously we had a lot of great moments here. Guys, what was your experience like uh, during this World Cup? It was the first World Cup where our our country was not a part of it. Um, it was obviously very strange and foreign to us to to watch a World Cup uh, under those circumstances. So um, what was your experience like this past summer? Well, um, I personally didn't miss our team. I wasn't I really didn't want them in this World Cup because I just I was very unhappy with them. Um, so it was fine with me to be a bystander and actually watch the watch this tournament um, and be uh pretty much not 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 be invested really into one one team or the other until like I start seeing the game play out and then you you end up just not you know you 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 um what's what's the right word you uh you end up rooting for a team without knowing it you know like the final I I was I I, France versus Croatia I was like this is gonna be a great game I'm not going for anybody but then I'm just hearing myself throughout the game cheering for Croatia and I'm like oh I guess I'm going for Croatia then 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, this was an incredibly exciting World Cup. Uh, and, and wonderful storylines um, for every single team, players. Um, man, it's just it, it's been a really entertaining World Cup. I really love this one uh, beyond. I watched every single minute of this World Cup, which is the first time I've ever done that. Um, you fell asleep for a couple of them. Hey, <laughs> my ears were attuned. <laughs> I didn't do that before either. So it's the most I've done. Um, yeah, no, this is a fantastic World Cup. Uh, I'm trying to think. There, uh, there's a few things that I that 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 uh, stuck out to me that uh, I liked that that were really cute. Um, I liked the was was it the Japanese fans that um, after games they started cleaning up the uh, the stadiums. Um, yeah, after the games, it was Japan's fan and, and, and Senegal's fan. There you go. Well. That's what I was gonna, well, that's what I was about to say. And the, Japan's fan ended up influencing other nations, and Senegal did it after that, and then after that, some other na- other nation fans started doing it too, and it kind of like it started becoming a thing, and that was really cool and really nice. Um, I don't know. There's so many things I can I can run on, but go ahead, Dave. You can you can speak. Um, yeah, for me, I was not really excited coming into the World Cup. Um, I was excited that there was a World Cup, but that I felt like I was missing something. And as the tournament started and, and we got uh, the, those first few kind of uh, exciting matches out of the way, I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into it. And I, I, I fully felt like I got into a good, like, uh, pace in, in terms of watching games and, and being, uh, you know, somewhat excited about it. But it never really turned into a full sprint for me. Um, I, you know, I definitely had my picks of, of teams that I kind of went back and forth. And after I saw a little bit more from one team or another, I thought, okay, I really like this about this team, or I, I, you know, I don't particularly like this other thing about this other team. Uh, as I said, I didn't realize that I was not going to like, uh, England as much as I ended up not liking them, especially, uh, yeah, that surprised me. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to like dislike them the way I did. That surprised me. See, this is, (laughs) see guys, this is, this is why Ashley Cole has blocked us on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And by the way, and, 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 you know, if we're not careful, I think we're going to get blocked by uh, galaxy history as well. So, uh, you know, Danny, if you're out there, no hard feelings, buddy. We, we love you because you're, you're a galaxy fan. Uh, no hard feelings towards England. Uh, for, for me personally, uh, I kind of felt the same thing about uh, uh, what David felt uh, leading up to the World Cup. There was no hype for me. Uh, nothing to be overly excited about as far as a, a country to root for or, you know, the United States being in it. That, that I couldn't wait for that first game. Um, obviously, I knew once the tournament started, I'm going to be watching um, most, if not every uh, game that was uh, televised and uh and as the tournament went on, obviously we were treated to some very fantastic games, and um, and Bobby said some very fantastic storylines. Um, I, I kind of felt a little bit stress free, mm-hmm. knowing that I, I wouldn't feel yeah. like you know that you that heartbreak or anything. Yeah, you sit back and enjoy, and not having to worry about okay, they need to lose because I don't want to play them, yeah. or they, you know they need to do this in order for us to go through. So I mean that part of it was was missing. And obviously, that's part of the fun. But at the same time, I just felt, I, you know, you, you sit back, relax, and watch everybody else embrace that chaos. Um, and so um, th- that was actually kind of fun. Um, obviously, I had Colombia in there. So there was uh, yeah. a, a little bit of a stress factor. Um, not as much as it would be if the United States was in there. Um, for me, I kind of didn't really feel it until maybe later on, um, you know, two minutes into their very first game, which was the very last game of the opening uh 
the, the first round of games in the group stages. So I had to wait the entire week for that to happen. And then once I got there, two minutes in, you're down a man. It, it almost just kind of like, you know, knocked the wind out of me. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's just move on to the next game and enjoy that one. Um, well, and then... You, you talk about the chaos, and I think that was one of the the, the themes of the of the World Cup. And oh yeah, and and like a lot of people were really freaking out about um, sort of the the wackiness of this World Cup. And and to us, it's and to us and a lot of other MLS, uh, you know, hardcores, we're just like, oh yeah, this is this is great because this is just like this is like we see this every week in MLS. And and a lot of people, um, that, you know, Americans especially talked about how this this was the World Cup of parody and how, um, you know, people are embracing sort of that, like, anybody can be anybody sort of thing. And this, this is what we love about our, our sports culture, uh, especially in MLS. And, and, you know, sure, it's, it's Americans trying to make it about themselves. Um, but I also think that, um, you know, the, the world seeing, you know, this sort of, shift happening in in the game is 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 uh, interesting for sure i think obviously uh the rest of the world catching up is is a good thing and um obviously there's going to be some um some teams in there that people will try to emulate uh, like croatia you know if croatia did it why can't we do it um this includes the united states um and the way you know the wackiness of, of this tournament and the way things were going uh Leading up to or during qualifying, or actually even before qualifying, the the uh, the the goal for the United States was to get to the semifinals, and it was wacky enough to maybe we could have done it. Uh, you never you never know, you know, you you limp into the tournament, but just get there. It doesn't matter how you get there, but just get there, and then after that, you play your little hearts out because it's a whole uh, whole different ball game. And uh, I'm not saying that would have happened, but the way this tournament was playing out, you know, it it, it may have been. Uh, something special that the United States could have done. But um, let's not talk about the uh, coulda, woulda, shouldas. Let's talk about the stuff that did happen. Obviously, we talked about this before. Germany uh, unable to get out of the groups for the very first time in history. Um, I, I will ask you, who was the most disappointing team? I'm pretty sure that's unanimous, right, guys? For Germany? The most disappointing team in this tournament. Who would it be? Mm. Mm. I still would go Spain, I think. Really? Yeah, because, you know, everybody always thinks Spain's shit don't stink. And then it's just been shown twice in both worlds. Yeah, especially, especially the uh, the the uh, the federation that fired the coach the day before the tournament. Uh, I, I I have to I mean, I have to say Germany here. It's almost to me. I actually thought it would have been an automatic to, to have the world champion. Um, be eliminated in the group stages, something that they ha- has never happened before, um, and ending up in dead last in their sure. group. It wasn't even that, that 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 they all ended up with six points, which would have happened had they won the game. They all would have ended up in six points, and then they get eliminated that way, which would have been shocking that they would have been out, but disappointing as far as wow, like that was a really really tough group. And for them to not be out and, you know, when two games still be out shows you how tough the group is. No, they were dead last in their group. I forgot about Um, that, actually. (laughs) I have have a different take on on this. Sorry, go ahead and finish your thought on Germany, but I have a different take. (laughs) No, go go ahead. Just move on, then. Go on. I I didn't want to cut Lewis off. My my bad. But you did. (laughs) Okay, fine. Um... 
for me, it was Colombia. Colombia was the biggest disappointment disappointment for me. That was just another uh, big because, disappointment. Yeah. Because I know how they can play, and uh, I felt like some of the decisions that were made, um, whether they were on field decisions or whether they were tactical decisions, uh, were left a lot like they left a lot to be desired. Um, they were they were a big disappointment for me. You know, uh, so I, I will say this. Uh, obviously, I have uh, some emotional stake in Colombia, and that was my team um, in this tournament. Um, they actually met the expectations that I had for them. I, I had them winning the group, which they did, and I had them losing to England in the round of 16, which they did. Now, based on how everything played out, um, I didn't think that they would uh, lose the game. Uh, so they, they lost the opening game to Japan. Um, a little bit of a... Um, a little bit of a disappointment, but you know, w- when you go down to ten men extremely early in the match, and then go down one zero, it, it's you're basically shooting yourself in the foot, and you're playing on one leg, and that's exactly what Colombia did. Um, so I, it was really hard for me to judge what was going on with that team in that first match. I had no idea. Uh, you got a little bit uh, better of a taste in the second match against Poland, in which case they, you know, in which they the uh, match state they dominated. Um, and then the, the third match against Senegal, which was a tricky game, um, but they were able to pull it off. They win the group. Um, and then the England game, I guess I was disappointed in the way they played. Um, they kind of stepped away from their game, uh, much like Brazil uh, four years earlier where they played uh, some good soccer, got to Brazil, got scared, got intimidated, and decided to change everything up. I think uh, facing England, they, they probably did the same thing. And then uh, didn't start playing until extremely late in the game. Got the equalizer, pressed and pressed and pressed, and was unable to find the goal. And uh, uh, not so lucky in penalty kicks um, going down that way. Um, maybe in that manner, I was disappointed. As far as overall, I couldn't be disappointed. I also got to figure that uh, Jose Peckerman, uh, this was his second cycle with the team. Um, coaches that do that usually don't tend to do well. Uh, it's usually their first year. Where they uh, where they shine, uh, they kind of overstay their welcome uh, a little bit too much uh, in the second tenure. I think um, the lone exception might be uh, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Tavares of Uruguay. He might be the lone exception to to, to that rule. Uh, but overall, if you're trying a second or a third stint with a team, um, you don't do so well, and uh, that also played into my. Uh, um, but that played a huge role in me uh, deciding whether Columbia was going to get far or not. And I, I basically just pegged him to get into the round of 16. So not as disappointing as I would put a Germany um, or even an Argentina. Yeah. Well, that, uh, I, I mean, I mean, this World Cup poses was full of disappointments. And but again, also surprises. And then again, you know, another big team that actually deserved the win. It had everything. Well, <laughs> when we talk about like disappointments, we obviously we think of the big teams, but one of the teams that I also have to throw into that mix is Egypt, because Egypt was a yeah. huge, huge disappointment in this tournament. I was very much looking forward to watching Egypt play, and I'm very sorry that I did uh, go out of the tournament 0 and 3. They couldn't even beat Saudi Arabia, uh, and by that time they already had Mohamed Salah. Uh, back from injury, uh, they, they couldn't even get an honor win or even an honor point. Egypt is still winless in the World Cup. I have not found a win. And um, 
Yeah, uh, when you're looking at one of the smaller teams, I think Egypt is probably a big disappointment. Um, I thought they were a dark horse to try to get out of that group, and uh, they were nowhere near it. So I think Egypt is probably another one of those uh, disappointing teams um, in the tournament. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to the surprising teams. Obviously, Croatia is probably the biggest surprise and the most pleasant Mm -hmm. one. Uh, Not expected to go to the final. Uh, Probably wasn't expected to get out of the round 16. Uh, quarterfinals at the very uh, furthest. But what other uh, teams surprised you or pleasantly surprised you uh, in this tournament? I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I can pick one out that goes completely through so many games. Maybe I can say a team that surprised me in the game, like Japan's last. You know, go go out. <laughs> you know. Um, well, yeah. for me, for me, it was Japan. I, I think Japan was one of my my pleasant surprises. I had them going 0-3 yeah. uh, in, in this tournament. Uh, came out and uh, beat Colombia, uh, tied Senegal, and then had to hang on uh, uh, going down to Poland before giving us uh, another great game in the round of 16 when they were up 2-0 uh, against Belgium. I mean, they, they were... They were a tactical mistake away from probably advancing to the quarterfinals for the first time in their history. Um, they would have had to face again uh, England, and the way both of the teams were playing, I got to figure Japan had a pretty good shot at, yeah. at beating yep. England. And um, but you were up to zero, and you decided not to play defense. Uh, you play. You wanted a third goal, and you very nearly came to a third goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would have put the game away. Um, I think after the first goal, they should have bunkered down. And uh, I think after that, it was too late. And, and Belgium just had too much class. Uh, to me, Japan gave us two of the best games of the tournament. Uh, Japan yeah. and Belgium. And Japan and Senegal. The two extremely fun games to watch. And I, I did not think that would happen uh, coming from a Japan side that I had zero expectation for. So to me, Japan was one of my surprise teams. And uh, another one was Russia. Uh, oh yeah! Nobody I forgot. About nobody <laughs> thought that they would be uh, and the way they played the quarterfinals too. and some yeah. and, and some dominated do, dom, games of domination as well. So interesting. It was just very interesting. And then great goalkeeping as well from Russia. I mean, yeah, that was a big surprise. Yeah, I mean, a, a team that many people uh, that was the lowest ranked of all the thirty-two teams, and uh, a team that looked way out of their depth, even in the Confederations Cup a year before. Um, many people didn't even think that they would get out of the group. Um, they, they gave them the benefit of the doubt because they were the host nation. And only one other host nation has never quali- uh, has not gone out of the group. That was South Africa. And Russia was uh, in, in a, uh, on the path of joining them. And they came out and... Uh, and uh, Send a message to everyone in the group in that opening match, five uh, zero. I mean, nobody else uh, took it. Saudi, I mean, Saudi Arabia. I mean, the it's, they a, did. it's against Saudi Arabia, but it is. But Uruguay didn't do that, and neither did Egypt. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's when and, Saudi Arabia uh, was starting to get better. That first game, they were poop with Russia. Yeah, yeah I, I, um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say that uh, Sweden probably was another uh, sort of pleasant surprise for me. Um, I didn't. I didn't peg them to get out of the group. I didn't think that the, you know, obviously we had Mexico and Germany coming out of that group, but uh, Sweden surprised me. I think. The um, only, I think the only game they were entertaining, entertaining to me was the Mexico game. 
Other, mm. I no. think. the Germany game. I I I really like the Germany game. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I like the Sweden Germany game. Um, I remember that a now. lot more. So many games. <laughs> no, that, I, I thought that was a really, really good game. Also, one of the best games of the tournament. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I got to figure that Sweden was also a very pleasant surprise. Um, and uh, they, they they got into the um, uh, the quarterfinals before uh, laying an egg uh, against England. I I, uh, I got to figure the the uh, that. Sweden probably would have put up a, a better fight against uh, against England, but I, I'll head into England for um, having a good game plan in that game. Um, Bobby, no other surprise team for you? Uh, no, I think those are the ones. I was looking through my my book, and I think those are the, those are the ones that hit the top top of the the, the bracket for that. Um, let's go ahead and ask this question. Uh, a team, best team that didn't come out of the groups. Well, oh, come on. Best teams that didn't come out of the groups. Come on. We talked about. I know. We, I, I. I know. I know why. You, why you're answering. Why you're asking this question in this specific way? Because the the, the unanimous answer is Peru. Is it? But but you know what I'm going to say, Australia. Really? No, of course I, not. I, it's Peru. I, 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 I thought. Well, I mean, I, I think the maybe yes. The obvious answer is Peru. Who else would you throw in there? Honestly, I thought this team would have come to came to your mind pretty quickly, David. Mm, I don't know. I, I thought Iran probably uh, deserved to come out of the, no, their group. Definitely was not thinking about Iran. Iran has really some, wow. Iran yeah, had some good no. games. Iran had a, a, a horrible but, first game in which they needed an own goal. I thought Morocco also probably deserved a little bit more as well. Um, Spain, as Bobby said, was was a disappointment in the way they played. I think they gave everything that they had in that opening game against Portugal. Um, I think Portugal, you can make the same argument. Um, Morocco's lack of finishing, ah, like you're just Peru's. listing all the teams. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the group. You say, like, what do you, what do you? Yeah, uh, you can't tell me you can't tell me that out of that group that um, uh, that Iran, you know, they they played like they should have maybe escaped. Uh, I feel like Portugal and Spain squeaked by on on mostly on reputation. But if you put Iran up against uh, uh, Pol, I mean not Poland, um, Peru, and had them play a game, Peru wins that game like nine times out of ten. In this tournament, that would have been that one game, though. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it wasn't. Uh, but Peru was probably one of the other uh, teams that I had some sort of emotional stake in for some reason. Um, but I knew that going into the tournament. I mean, I was super stoked when they qualified against New Zealand. And uh, very, very bummed when they were unable to uh, at least get a point out of Denmark, who I thought were... Um, uh, a team that de- definitely did not deserve to get out of the the group. They, they did not show me anything, um, and I felt that they were extremely lucky um, to to have even gotten out of the group. And um, very fortunate. Um, I, I, I don't even. Well, actually, you know what? I don't want to call it fortunate. I, I'm not really sure what happened with Croatia because I thought Croatia would have just absolutely uh, ran over them. But um, you know, they, they, they went all the way to penalty kicks. I'm not really sure why that happened. Um, Croatia was by far the better team going into that game. Um, memorable moment 
What was one of the most memorable moments that you guys had? Man, I don't. I, don't I, I know there was a lot. Uh, there, there's a lot. Certainly, the the goal uh, celebration from uh, Shakir, uh, from Shakiri. Um, that was a, a memorable moment. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe my ba- my favorite now, my most memorable is the Croatian celebra- uh, celebration with the photographer. Yeah. yeah, that was that was definitely one of those memorable moments. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, incredible to see. I think Neymar Neymar getting stepped on by uh, Miguel Layun and uh, birthing birthing or rebirthing the uh, Neymar um, uh, diving meme. Hmm. Which which to be honest with you, I think that's one of the big reasons the 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 meme and the reputation that Neymar had is probably one of the reasons that. Um, they lost that that next game uh, because uh, Neymar wasn't going down. Well, e- even though he was getting fouled, yeah. But he was also uh, he was faking some, but but he got up quick because he knew. Yeah, he knew. Yeah, because he, he knew. Yeah, he wasn't as theatrical about it. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and we talked about that in in that recap that um, maybe the fact that the whole world uh, saw what he did, um, obviously. Uh, Oh, shit, that man. played like, up when it goes viral like that. I don't know. Yeah. How, I don't know how it you how it feels for yeah. a player to have something like that go viral around the world during a World Cup, and like you just cannot hide from that. You know, I, I, I'm sure he knows, and obviously, you know, the fact that he wasn't doing it as much in the Belgium game shows that it obviously played a, a huge factor in him doing it again, um, and the fact that he knew that you know what, I'm not going to get any more sympathy from the refs, um, you know. Again, also played a factor in it. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I have to think that the uh, the photographer uh, in the Croatian celebration. Yeah, I, I got to figure that. I, I know that was that probably one of the more. <laughs> it was. It, it was extremely enjoyable, and it's funny because we all caught it mm-hmm. at the same time. We're like, oh my, did you see the, the the cameraman? And then as you know, as time went by, you got like the. Then you see hey, his This photos, is the way he was. Then you see, yeah, you see him on Twitter or wherever Instagram, and it just the yeah. way it developed. Then, it was just hilarious. Yeah, and then obviously everyone knew who the the photographer was, what's his name and his background and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And he became, you know, a, a bit of a, a star toward the end of that tournament. But yeah, definitely uh, the fact that he was celebrating with that team uh, was uh, was something really uh, really memorable. I'm sure it'll go down uh, in World Cup lore. Um, um, I, for, I me also, for me also, for me also, in in the final. Um, Seeing the Croatian president uh, hugging every single one of the players, whether they were the French players or the Croatian players, um, I think that was a nice moment. Um, you know, they're, them standing there in the pouring rain uh, while Putin was hiding under his little umbrella um, and uh, Mar- Macron and, and uh, the Croatian president, I don't know her name, I'm sorry. Um, she's there hugging every every single person coming along. I, th- I thought that was a nice moment. Actually, I think the the best moment in that was when she hugged uh, Modric. Uh, when I think she I think she came to tears mm-hmm. uh, yeah. when when she hugged Modric. So um, that was uh, I mean, it shows what this sport means to uh, a lot of people. It may not mean that much to you know American soccer fans um, or you know the casual fans, but it, it shows you how, how important it is. Americans, <laughs> not camps. Um, yeah, it, it's really important for a lot of people, and obviously, um, it, it's not just a sport for a lot. It's it, it means so much more. Um, what 
the Croatian players did. We talked about it. Um, they're going to come back as heroes, and they will forever be, you know, um, immortalized as uh, the greatest team to ever come out of Croatia. Um, I don't think this came out yet. I, I could be wrong, but I have not seen it. Um, did we get a an official winner for goal of the tournament? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, but it, it goes to Pavard. I mean, there's no there's no question. If it's not Pavard, you're wrong. Mm. Bobby, I gotta, do you agree? I got to look at all the goals again. I can't. I can't. I should have prepared, man. <laughs> I, I well, you know what? It, David just said it. David said the best. If it's not Pavard, if you're not saying Pavard, you're wrong. Um, I think uh, I saw a poll go up by Fox Sports or Fox Soccer. They had four goals up. They had Pavard's goal. Uh, the only one that's even semi-close to it, and I think it's a distant second the more I watch Pavard's goal, uh, Nacho's goal uh, against Portugal. That was my goal. The That was my goal to tournament before Pavard's goal. That was up there. Um, you had uh, Cruz's goal against Sweden, and I, I even said it to you guys that I bet you anything that's going to win because it's Tony Cruz, it's Germany, it was at the last minute. That was a boring um, one. And no, that was a, that was a great game. That was no, one of my favorite I'm games. No, I'm saying as for a goal, it's not really. Up oh, there. for a goal, yeah. right, right. I mean, it, it's a, it's a free kick. It's you know, I said it's gonna either go watch, it's gonna go to Tony Cruz or Ronaldo's free kick goal against Spain. Uh, well, Tony Cruz's goal was on that pole, and uh, the last one was uh, Di Maria's goal against France. The the opening goal in that. Uh, in that, that round of great, 16 that match. Goal. And that was a really, really great goal, too. Um, all those are obviously uh, very worthy. But, yeah, if you're not voting Pavard, you are wrong. Well, I know Bobby's uh, got uh, that Cavani goal. Yeah, but, I mean, I got to look at all the goals to say the best goal, though. Like the top, top, top goal. Because for me... If the, you're not saying Pavard, for, well, you're wrong. We'll see. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um... Obviously, we're we're all having our withdrawals. We're we're two games out of the out of the final, and uh, it, it's it seems like just yesterday that you know I was waking up to watch the opening match, and uh, and now it's gone. Um, and uh, this is the real timestamp for me now. And World Cup is ending because we're finishing he, this up. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, on Monday. The uh, the United States became relevant again, and we started a new cycle. So, um, y- you know, I, I, we we talked about a little bit about uh, 2022 and uh, and France, and uh, obviously, hopefully, the United States does not take qualifying for granted anymore. Um, hopefully, they learn from the mistakes uh, from the mistakes of their predecessors uh, to uh, to not uh, take it for granted to to work. Nothing is given. Um, what they and the rest of the world saw in this World Cup. Again, nothing is given. Um, a, a lot of big teams going down. So hopefully this is a, a good uh, learning process, a good learning experience for the United States watching from uh, from outside, from an outsider's uh, from perspective. Um, so 2022, we start a new cycle. Um, I, I'm sure you guys will give me flack for this, but... Um, 2018 was the last, I hesitate to, to use the word pure with anything regarding FIFA, sure. um, but this, this is the last World Cup as we know it. 
as uh, as we've come accustomed to. As we know it. Um, <laughs> 2022, as we, we now know, will officially start on, uh, I believe it was November 21st, which means that it is the first World Cup that does not take place in the summer. It'll be a uh, it's going to be a Thanksgiving slash oh, do, uh, Christmas oh, World on. Cup. Do we, do we know that for sure? It's the mo- it's the first modern World Cup that doesn't like, take place in the summer. I think they all. I wouldn't be able to tell you when 1930 took place or 1950 took place. Oh, yeah. No, no, they, 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 they've all been in the they've all been in the the, the same uh, same time in in, uh, in June, July. Um, some tournaments shorter than others, but they've always taken place in, at some point in our summer um, winter. If you're in the southern hemisphere, but um, but it switches out now. It's now in November, and um, you know people are. It's going to be interesting because obviously you have the middle of the European seasons. Um, it, it always took place uh, when um, all the leagues were done playing. Um, ironically, you're going to have a World Cup where MLS is not playing anymore. Look at that. So, <laughs> well, um, well, they, so they, they do the schedule right because there, you, presumably there will be more teams uh, in MLS at that time. And so they're going to have to start like mid-February in order to get MLS Cup done by, uh, by, November, by, November. by, by November. And yeah. And even then, you're talking about players that would be reporting to camp two to three weeks beforehand, um, because usually national teams gather, you know, maybe about a month before the World Cup starts. So even then, you have um, some, you know, maybe maybe we're starting MLS in uh, in January. Maybe those teams that play in the colder climates, Toronto, New York, Minnesota, um, the eventual um, the eventual uh, uh, you know, like a North Dakota team, um, <laughs> it's, it's gonna, they're gonna have to play um, on the road. Maybe those first couple of weeks of, of MLS, so that they play in warmer climates. Um, it's it's interesting to say the least. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, you, look, things could still change. Uh, Qatar could cease to be a nation by the time the uh, 2022 rolls around. Um, and maybe we're having this, uh, you know, in, in, uh, some, some other place in the, the summertime. I've actually given up hope that, um, uh, that cutter will be, uh, yeah, that's not stripped, stripped of the tournament at this point. If it was going to happen, I think it would have happened by now. But, um, so, so no, I mean, obviously there's going to be big adjustments for not just MLS, but the rest of the soccer playing world. Um, th- this is new. Um, it's, it, it's odd. Uh, it's going to throw the entire, um, uh, footballing schedule out of whack, and um, I, I don't see this as a good thing. Um, I, I think that I mean, j- just choosing uh, Cutter um, was a huge mistake to begin with. Uh, never mind the logistics behind it. Never mind <laughs> that you, you forgot that you're playing in a in a region of the world that that is just unbearably hot. That you cannot play a sport like soccer um, unless it's indoors. And uh, they promised you that they can, um, that they have technology that can change the the weather. Well, lo and behold, that's not true. So again, I I, I want to talk to these people because I got some magic beans. I want to sell them, um, but I, I think it's uh, it's a disgrace. Uh, we all knew that. Um, I have not, not no. Um, I mean, I'm all for uh, new nations hosting the 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 tournament. In fact, I prefer that rather than nations who already have hosted them before. Um, I liked it when South Africa got rewarded with it. I had no problem with Russia 
being awarded the, the tournament. I do have a problem with Qatar, though, considering the fact that they have never once ever been in a World Cup. This will be the first time that a host nation has never been in a World Cup previously. I think the one closest to that was uh, Japan. Uh, they qualified in 98 for the first time and hosted in 2002. So they uh, they saved themselves that embarrassment. That embarrassment will now go to Qatar. Um, and, uh, you know, what will likely be an 0-3 showing. Um, there's absolutely no soccer over there. It, it's an embarrassment that it's even going to be held over there. Um, it's a tournament that, I mean, obviously things can change in four years, but a tournament that I don't plan on uh, watching simply because my job won't allow me. Um that the nature of my job won't allow me to take time off during that that uh, that season, so uh, it's a World Cup that I may very well miss, and I I probably wouldn't even be too upset about it. And then uh, in 2026, um, major changes as we add uh, 16 more teams to the tournament, diluting the shit out of uh, a tournament and uh, seeing teams that don't belong in there. In there, um, we will have. Three host nations for the very first time, which I am very much against. I I, I hate that idea. I, I hate personally. I hate the idea of joint bids. Um, the fact that there's three of them now, uh, it's it's absurd. You just award to one person if they're not able to do it because uh, they cannot meet their financial responsibilities. They shouldn't be hosting the World Cup. If they can't do it because their uh, their government has decided to ban certain uh, people from certain countries. Then you have not met the criteria. You don't deserve a World Cup. Um, but well, if you have a problem with that, then you should have had a problem with Russia. I uh, well, actually, no, that that's true. Um, I, I, I uh, political views aside, actually, um, I had no problem with Russia. Um, but as far as like the, the soccer, I had no problem there. I have a problem with with it with Cutter, um, but I just don't like joint you have, to begin you with. Have, you have human rights issues. You have oh no 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 uh, that's in, in Russia. There's... You have human rights issues in Qatar. I mean, don't 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 try to get on a high horse about twenty twenty six, you know, and 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 overlook the the the, the really bad well, stuff that's uh, going on. And even in Brazil, like Brazil, there was a lot of socioeconomic issues with that with them hosting the World Cup. I mean, this is not new territory for FIFA. Uh, it, it isn't, and it doesn't make it right. And um, obviously, our, our problems are uh, no more or less than any other country's problems around the world. And we live in crazy times. Um, I just, my point is, I just personally don't like joint bids. Uh, the fact that there's going to be three host nations I, doesn't sit well with me. Um, that's going to be happening for the first time. The fact that there's going to be a 48-team tournament with... Uh, Every nation, uh, if I'm recalling this correctly, I think the proposal was uh, uh, 16 groups of three. That means everyone's going to get a guaranteed two games and all the big teams, you know, the ones that are supposed to get out of the groups, the 16 teams, well, they're not going to be seeds. Uh, there's not going to be any drama. For all the drama that we had in this tournament, it's gone in 2026. The group of death is gone in 2026. The... The uh, the final match where uh, the teams are playing together simultaneously, um, and the drama unfolding, uh, you know, simultaneously, that's gone in 2026. Um, a lot of bad things going on in that tournament that I personally cannot get hyped up for um, as far as hosting. Um, it's not going to be the same as it was in 1994 for obviously several reasons, but. Um, 
if this was the last of its kind, if this World Cup was the last of its kind, um, it certainly went out with a bang. And it certainly treated us uh, to one hell of a ride. And, uh, and it is now considered probably one of the best World Cups ever. And I think that was pretty fitting considering that that's the last time that we'll see the World Cup as we know it. You know, you say that, but by the time it rolls around, we'll get excited again. Uh, when the 48 team uh, tournament rolls around, there'll be people complaining about it until something magical happens, as magical things always happen in the World Cup. Um, and, and we'll be like, whoa, this is actually the best, um, the best format for this tournament. You know, we, 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 we pine for the, for the status quo until the status quo changes, and then that's the best, you know, and then after a while we get used to it, and that's the best version, and, and no other version works. No, and and I agree with that. I mean, obviously, people don't like change, and uh, if you're a purist, you you, you definitely don't want to see something change that isn't broke or fix that I mean, isn't broken. I mean, um, really, really, the World Cup should be uh, 24 teams, um, not 32. And uh, actually, it should be 16 teams, and everybody should have to take a boat to Uruguay to get there. <laughs> um, obviously, you know. Uh, there are the the world as as long as well as the sport evolves. Uh, the 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 changes that FIFA has made has always been for the good or for the better of the of the game. Um, in 1982, there was the you know they added the simultaneous final round games because of uh, the game played. Uh, I can't recall Germany versus Poland. No. That couldn't have been it, but there was a game in there that obviously it, it took Algeria out of the out of the tournament because uh, they, they colluded with each other. And uh, after that, FIFA said, "Okay, everyone's playing their last game at the time, so you don't know what's going on." Obviously, with technology here, they're well aware of what's going on in real time. Um, they they got rid of um, they added three points for a win rather than two points for a win to make a better incentive for teams to play attacking soccer. Um, they, uh, they put in the rule going into the 94 world cup, I believe, um, that, uh, a goalie could not pick up the ball with their hands. Uh, if it was played back by one of their players, again, it, it saves, uh, um, time and it stops time wasting and, uh, it forces them to, you know, basically play soccer. Um, so the changes, that, and of course the 32 team from from 24, and it made it that much more competitive. And, um, you know, all the decisions that have been made in recent times, they've been for the better of the sport. I don't well, see how this is better for the sport. Well, let me um, let me ask you, okay, well, let's, let's, let's pause this for a second and, and, and let me ask you, what, what, about, what about VAR? Um, I what, think did, VA, oh, what did you guys okay. think about VAR when it came to, uh, to to the use of it in this World Cup? Well, I thought in the use I, of this World Cup, I thought it was implemented a lot more like I thought it was going to be in the MLS season. I remember when Lewis was losing his shit and I was like, well, there should be like a, a ref in the VR, VAR booth that has the same kind of... Uh, um, what am I trying to say, Lewis? Um Ah, why am I losing this word? With with as much authority? Yes, thank you. Um, that that didn't really completely happen in the World Cup, but at least in the World Cup they can call things back and like really pull attention to the uh, ref on the pitch. Um, 
not everything was perfect, but it was better than our experience in MLS. Uh, and, and that's exactly what I was going to say. I have no problem with, with, with VAR. I, I personally thought it was a good tool if it was implemented correctly. Being MLS fans and especially being Galaxy fans, it, it was really hard to get behind it because of all the times it screwed us over. It wasn't used properly. Um, it wasn't being um, um, it wasn't being used when it was when it was necessary to have been used. Um, you didn't really see as much of that in the World Cup. They they went to it the the, the minute they thought they uh, there was reason to go to it. I, I think there was less than a handful of times that someone made a mistake and not went to the video. Overall, I thought the use of VAR in this tournament was very well, considering the fact that this was the first time it was used in a major tournament. Um, I think the MLS refs uh, should be taking uh, note of what happened. Uh, that's the way it should have been done. Uh, obviously, nothing's going to be perfect. Um, it's always going to piss somebody off, depending on what side of the uh, the coin you're on and what side of the decision is being made. Um, and, such, were- and such is the 48-team World Cup. How do you figure those two are the same? <laughs> no, the the thing you said about it's always going to piss somebody off depending on what side of the coin you're on. Right, but 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 FIFA's uh, implementation of VAR was again to help and better the sport, which I think happened. Yeah. There were a lot of things that that justified yeah. um, the the uh, an injustice that happened in the game, including some penalty kicks and, and including some non penalty kicks. That's exactly what was supposed to happen. I, I don't think that it killed the flow of the game. Um, when it did, it was, it was done correctly. A 48 team world cup. Um, when FIFA comes out and says on the record that they are well aware that the most competitive tournament is a 32 team tournament, but a 48 team is the one that's going to get us the most money. I find it very hard to sympathize with anyone who is in favor of a 48 team world cup because FIFA is not doing it for the better of the sport. They're doing it for the better of their pockets. And uh, if you're defending a 48 team, I mean, you're, you're defending an extremely corrupt organization. Um, obviously. I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are I we all defending even... an extremely corrupt organization? Because we're still supporting. Right. We're thing. still supporting it. Uh, no matter what they do. And I think they they're always, that, they're that always going to be the corrupt organization. We're, so, we're always going to watch it. We're, I mean, I knew some people that said they were boycotting this tournament because of all the, you know, the, the political uh, uh, stuff that was happening around uh, Russia as far as human rights and all that. But, uh, yeah, they watched the tournament. There's no way that you're not watching a World Cup. Um, obviously, I will also be watching in 2026. It's just going to be a diluted product, an extremely diluted product, and it's not going to be the same. Um, as I said, the drama is going to be gone. All that suspense is going to be gone. Uh, you may as well just skip right into the knockout rounds. Um, uh, as, I mean, they can change the format. Um, I think the original one of the original rumors of the proposal was a 40-team World Cup in which there were eight groups of five. That's interesting. That actually makes it a lot more competitive. I thought that would have been a, an extremely interesting uh, format. 16 groups of three? Yeah, that doesn't really scream much to me, but, you know... We're going to take a wait-and-see approach. I, I, I'm not holding my breath that it's going to be anything near as what we saw this past summer. But, oh well. 
Is there anything else, guys, that you guys want to say about uh, the World Cup before we sign off? No, I think I got everything in there. I, well, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there is a lot that we missed. David? Yeah, I want to I want to thank you guys, um, not you, the listeners, uh, you, you guys too, but but mainly Bobby and Lewis here. Um, this has been really fun to uh, to experience the World Cup in this way, in 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 being able to talk about it afterward, um, and and doing this show and having this sort of um, I don't know, just this this reflection time on 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 the game that we love so much and that we love to cover, um, giving our two cents about these things. And you know, when it's all said and done. We may not be that big of a blip on the on the world stage when it comes to to, to, to the global you know sports coverage of this thing, but uh, we get to talk to Fernando Fiore, guys, um, <laughs> because of this show, because you guys are doing this with uh, with me, and and I'm doing this with you guys, and so um, I'm I'm really you know I'm I'm really happy for that, and I'm grateful for that, and and if nothing else, this will be the most memorable World Cup for me because we got to do this. Um, well, D- David kind of took some of the things I was going to say. I'm good at taking the wind <laughs> out of your sails. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, oh well, then I well then yeah, I have something I mean, new I'm, to say. You're go wel- ahead, Bobby. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I actually wanted to thank all the listeners for listening to us uh, during uh, during this time. Obviously, you can go anywhere you want for for uh, World Cup coverage. Uh, the fact that you listen to us. Um, means a lot to me. Means a lot to us. Um, uh, the uh, the Twitter handle Galaxy History um, actually said that it's probably the, the best companion he's had in the nine World Cups he's seen. Yeah, that thank you for that. Extraordinarily humbling. It's such a nice, um, such a nice thing. But I'm gonna ask for one little thing. Put that on our iTunes. Until we trash, <laughs> until we trash England. <laughs> until we trash England. That's right. Uh, no, it, it was actually uh, probably one of the greatest compliments we've ever had. Yeah. It was uh, obviously a surprise, uh, and it was very, very humbling. And it, but it was fantastic to hear. I never would have thought anybody in their right mind uh, would say something like that. But it was very much appreciated. So thank you very much. And yeah, it, it was the first time I was able to, you know, quote unquote, cover a World Cup. Uh, on this podcast we started in 2015 um so this is the first time that we were able to get to do it uh, unfortunately we were not able to cover our team but um it didn't matter it was a great tournament nonetheless and um you know i, I hope to still be doing some sort of coverage something maybe not the podcast but something uh in, in four years it, it was a lot of fun and um yeah I, I very much enjoyed the time that we had um with you the listeners and as well as uh my co-hosts here um so um, here's to you and to everybody else that was uh, listening to the show. Um, hey man, in in less than a year we get to do it again. That's oh, that's right. We we will be covering the women's World Cup as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. And yes, I do want to give a special uh, thank you to uh, El Presidente Fernando Fiore, who was gracious enough to uh, to be on our podcast. Uh, the guy was on Fox covering the World Cup in Russia. He did not have to do it. And the, the day before he left, um, he came on and, uh, and did the show and talked some World Cup before. It was, uh, for me, it was probably a, a highlight of uh, not just the podcast, but of uh, my life in general, to, to have talked soccer uh, to him, a guy who I uh, you know, admired um, and who I was, was very synonymous for, uh, with the World Cup for me. Um, it, was, um, it was a dream come true. 
And um, yeah, I mean, words can't really describe what, what I was feeling when I was uh, when I was talking to him. So thank you very much for him for giving us uh, his time, and we really appreciate it. And we hope that somewhere down the line he uh, returns to graces with his presence once again. So guys. Uh, for the last time here on Balls and Vodka, thank you very much for listening. Um, it was a blast, but we will be on a four-year hiatus. This is David and Bobby signing off. I, I wish I would have learned how to say goodbye in Russian. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, these guys made it seem like we just did like 10 seasons of Seinfeld, and this is the last episode. All right, later. On a personal note, I am leaving Eliezer House. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. It wouldn't be an ending to this show if that was the case, Bobby. Okay. You so obviously have never seen Seinfeld. The show not over now. Bye. You're welcome. <laughs>